Hi, I'm Maddie, and I don't have a hobby. Hi, I'm Haley, and I have too many hobbies. And I've taken it upon myself to get Maddie hooked on just about anything. In this podcast, we're talking true crime. We're talking Enneagram. We're talking mental health. We're talking Scientology. And just about everything in between. So we're inviting you on a journey that you definitely didn't ask to be invited on. In the hopes that you too would like to be Average, average girls Average and owning it Average and owning it Yeah What's up? Hello world and welcome. <laughs> I feel like I say that every time. I, don't, I just, I never like our intros, so mm, let's just go yeah, to the next just thing. move on. Okay. Right, hi, guys. We're glad you're here. Bye. Um, mm-hmm. Our oh. hot take. Oh. Oh, I'm just scared. I was just going to do, like, a little check-in, like a little something-something. Okay, something. whatever. We do have a guest again today, but she's just an observer. So if you hear a little clapping, a little laughing, a little... Our little um, peanut gallery. Our peanut gallery will be in the corner. Peanut gallery, would you like to say hello? It's Emerson, as per usual. Um, she is sitting here. Uh, she got lonely, so she's gonna she's gonna hover here. She may have um, an opinion a time or two, but she said that she's not gonna talk. So we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> True. Um, okay, go ahead. I'll take. Okay, cool. You're good. Uh, what depends what you mean. Okay. You know what I mean. I just thought I'd check in. Oh yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, our hot take this week is a game that we've played in prior episodes, or one one episode, mm-hmm. like a while ago. Yeah. Um, and it's the They're Perfect But game. So the last time we did this, we did it with friends. Like, they're the perfect best friend, but. Mm-hmm. And then you list some off the wall, like, potentially negative quality, but mostly just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to do that this week, but we're going to do it guy edition. Mm-hmm. So like he's perfect in every way, but, but one thing. And well. we did do this before, like we recorded one before, but somehow we got so off track that it was like not even usable. Anything that we talked yeah. about, it was like all we just a disaster. Laughing. Yeah, it was a, yeah, know. it was a hot mess. So we're going to try again, but we didn't prepare exactly what was going to be said, but I like those better. Yeah, me too. Um, do and you have any you can think of that? Mine is all just going to be in reference to Corey. Like he. But I don't. Wait. So whenever you ask me, I don't want to date Corey. No, no, no. I, I want to get that out there. I know. I'm okay. just saying when you say like he's perfect. In every way. So you're I'm imagining Corey. Like, okay. This is Corey, but with this potential flaw. Go ahead. Give the example that you gave earlier. You said Corey, <laughs> but what? But has what? I said he's perfect in every way, but he has belly cheese. <laughs> I, define belly cheese. A leg. In your belly button? <laughs> sure. What is in there? Cheese. Does he not shower? No, like that's the whole <gasps> point. Like he's perfect in every way, but like he has belly cheese. But it just just the belly though. Everything else is clean. Sure. Does it smell? I mean, does cheese is cheese ever non smelly? <laughs> I mean. Okay, you get the game. You get the game. I, oh, I thought we were. I was answering it. Oh. Okay, so is your 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 perfect? He's person. perfect in every way, but he has. Belly oh, I can't even say that phrase, I don't think. <laughs> Without gagging. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm nauseous about it. Um, But does it, like, his hygiene's good, aside from that. Just for some reason, yeah, the belly cheese is just there. Yeah. I can't hold it against him. He's perfect in every way. Right? Oh. You've already, like, came up with your decision on that one. It's also super hard, because if I am thinking about Corey, which obviously I would be, 
like it's hard to be like oh he's perfect in every way and it's like this ambiguous human that isn't yeah yeah i like not really anything i'm gonna say about it is gonna be big enough for me to be like okay no because i'm thinking about Um, so you just have to ask me okay you can ask me stuff about Corey. you're you just said it's not gonna work okay well shut up um, <laughs> I'm just trying to help. He's perfect in every way, but he cusses in every sentence. Or every, every sentence? Or, like, every other sentence. Like, he's he just throws in a cuss word, like, often. All the time? Yeah. Um, depends on where we live. What? <laughs> if we're in the mountains, who cares? Like, in the cities? No, but I mean, like, we live in... Boston, it's going to be different than if we live in Alabama. I don't want anyone to clutch their pearls at us all the time. Can you just live in Lakeland, Florida? No, I don't <laughs> want to live here. That's where you live. Oh my god. <laughs> Change of plans. I'm just going to tell her. Um, okay, uh, I mean, like, it'll just be annoying, He, but he can't stop? Yeah, that's the point of the game, Haley. He's perfect in every way, but, like, there's just but the, Yeah, but it's different if he, like, wants, <laughs> if he wants to stop or if he's like, no, nah, I'm good doing this. Just or is this a compulsion? Or is this like a compulsion? Like he, he has Tourette. He just has like a sailor's mouth. That's fine. I don't care. I have a sailor's mouth. Okay. Um, you do me. Hi. You. We already said I can't. Just say it. It's fun. Um. Okay. I. He's perfect in every way, but he, uh, grows out just his big toenail, crazy long, like crazy long, and pointed. Like he clips the sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come to a yeah. Point. And they stab you in bed. Honestly, Corey would. Uh-huh. Ah, ah, gross. No, he would like. He'd be like, I clip my toenails in an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> <So> I, <laughs> he probably would actually. So um, weird. But he <laughs> keep adding more details. <laughs> he does it for religious reasons, but he won't explain what those reasons are. I can't tell you. It's religious. He's like, it's really but I don't like to talk about it. He's like, can we just change the subject? Like what God told him to? <laughs> God told him to never clip his big toenail again. Ever again? He like can't wear shoes. No, he has to he wear the. Cuts he, a hole in the he gets the largest sneaker. size of sock that he can possibly get. Cut the rest like, of the sock in. He wears a size fourteen, but he's really just a ten with a four-inch toenail. <laughs> So okay, so what are we doing? I'll shave it in the night. No, you can't. That's a cop out. <laughs> okay. And you don't you don't shave a toenail. <laughs> I, I was thinking like, <laughs> like how thick are his toenails? I was just cussed. I don't know. Uh, what are you doing? Yes. You're still gonna be with him? Okay. <laughs> I just make him wear <laughs> A hundred socks. A hundred <laughs> socks. <laughs> that would be. Imagine just waking up and you have scratches all down your legs Here's from your husband's thing, pointy toenail. Like that takes away from just normal life. Like we can't go on a walk. Exactly. I know. You can't ever kick a soccer ball again. <laughs> Somehow, my preference for like, men I, isn't relying on whether or not he's gonna kick around a soccer. Ball. Well, yeah, like it. I mean, you're supposed to kick a soccer ball with the side of your foot, but sometimes 
<laughs> but sometimes you do it with your toenail, regardless of whether or not it's six inches long. Okay, moving on. Um, he's perfect in every way, but he has the most god awful hairy back ever. Oh, god awful! God awful. Just like coming down the sides, like his shirt goes to the side a little bit, and you can see, like it looks like, like a sweater. You can see the sweater poking out. Oh, uh, that's terrible. It's the front hairy. Huh? Is the front hairy. Oh. <laughs> what did you think I said? Or did you think I was I referencing thought... something different? No. Oh. <laughs> I, forgot. I forgot. I forgot what you're talking about. Body hair. I thought you called me hairy. I'm like, what about you? Like, what about your chest hair? You definitely No, have. I thought you were calling me by the name Harry. <laughs> like, what about that's you, That's how Harry? easily Maddie... <laughs> Maddie forgets things. She forgot the question directly after she asked it. Is the front hairy? Like, does it match <laughs> the chest? Is that the question? No, does it match the back? You said the back is hairy. So there's a sweater on the back, but is it a sweater on the front or is it a light chest does on the front? Does that make a difference for you? Yeah. Okay. Somehow, it, it, I, he, can't, he can't have a full bear costume. He cannot be wearing a bear <laughs> costume 24 7. Okay. I don't mind chest hair. And you I don't mean, mind back hair, just not together. Like get I rid don't, of one I'm side. not gonna lie. I don't think I've ever seen anyone with back hair, like oh. a like full. I'm googling it. <laughs> oh, it's there. No, oh, I'm scared. Full sure. back hair. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> what have I done? <gasps> Never mind. I take back everything. Never mind. Goodbye. It's over. <laughs> Why is her back green? <laughs> I don't want to know what that is. Wow. Oh no. No, it's a no for you. Yeah, you mean to tell me I have to get in bed with that? With this woolly mammoth. Okay, that that's extreme. Well, that's what you said. It had to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, bad. yeah, that's not good. Sorry. So it's a no. I will have to love him from a distance, <laughs> from separate beds. Which is your preference anyway? Which is also true. <laughs> okay. He's perfect in every way, but he insists on sleeping in the same bed with you forever. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, Maddie and I had our first sleepover of our friendship the other night. Keep in mind, we have been friends for how many years? Six. Six. Um, I normally don't. Whenever she comes to hang out with me, she sleeps in Emerson's bed. Yeah, it's a tragedy. Except that I love sleeping with Emerson. But the fact that we've never had a sleepover in six years, that's the tragedy. Well, because Maddie does not have any recollection of what happens whenever she's sleeping. And so she, at one point I woke up to this cradle action happening that was like, we weren't sleeping sitting up, by the well, way. Well, we were... <laughs> it was just like this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But yeah, so um, it's, it wasn't awesome. Okay. Terrible. Uh, okay, let's do like one more each. Okay. Oh. I asked the back here. Um, he's perfect in every way. I can't do that, Emerson. She's... she's That's pretty... already a thing. So then do it. Okay, so we already know the answer. Yeah. Um, but he... Um, is mean to your mom. <gasps> oh. I was trying to think of one that might actually be harder. Yeah. Like, you just really can't stand your mom, and he's, like, kind of rude to her. Here's the thing. Me and my mom not always got along. In fact, we still don't always get along. Um, But it's one of those things where, like, I can call my mom a jerk, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be such a bummer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the thing that would freak me out the most is because 
or is the fact that I would think that's how he's going to treat me eventually. Mm -hmm. Like if you're mean to your mom, I feel like you're just mean. Mm -hmm. So no. Yeah. If he was really mean to my mom, I would be like, I think just deep down, you're just not as nice as you think you are. Mm -hmm. That scares me. And we're just willing to be rude to someone's mom. Yeah, to someone's mom of all people. Especially my mom. My mom yeah. deserves someone to be kind to her. Yes, she's fragile. Yeah. She's and little, she's sweet. She's a little. She just she needs some love. Yeah. Okay, last one. Um He's perfect in every way. I'm scared. But he's an exact replica of your dad. Mm-mm. So he's not perfect. <laughs> oh my god, it's far from being really perfect in every room. Yeah, we can leave that in there. My dad like they're besties. Like they get along like two peas in a pod, same views. Well, oh same. no, same views, absolutely not. Okay. If they get along, I mean like I would want them to get along in general just for my sake, but I don't want, no. Mm, okay. No. Yeah, no. That I, It would worry me if they got along too much. Too well. Because how would they get along with me and get along with him at the same time, you know? Sure. I mean, some some people are like, I want a guy that's just like my dad. Nope. Not here. Not here. It's okay. Raise your hand if you want a guy just like your dad. <laughs> Emerson's raising her hand, but there's a twist in that story that I won't explain. Okay. Um, <laughs> Moving right along. So, um, anyways, to, uh, Emerson's childhood and other scary stories. This is the <laughs> The real... Oh, no. Well, I guess I don't want to start it off like that. So. Why is it blinking? It's not. It means it's recording, you dingus. I got nervous. I, yeah. We've had too many close calls doing this. That you actually ask me every week. You're like, what does the red <laughs> dot mean? <laughs> okay. It's recording. So, we decided to get a little spooky. And so we figured Halloween, it's our time to shine. We love Halloween. Favorite Halloween movie on three. One, two, three. Hocus Pocus. Oh, I don't think it's my favorite. Really? No. What's your favorite? Well, there's like different genres of Halloween. There's like true terror. (sighs) Never mind. Anyways, I thought this was going to be No, no. Shut up. You asked, so now I'm going to say, if we're going like actually scary movie, I love Nightmare on Elm Street, the newer one. I've never seen it. See, you don't even know. You're asking the wrong questions. Classic. Can, has anybody figured out why she's so mad? Does anyone? Does anyone? Classic know? Halloween movies. Yes, focus, focus. Okay. And then like, I was like a rom, like I was gonna say rom com, but it's not. Really I, I think of like a terrifying rom com. Um, but like a cute Halloween movie, Practical Magic. I've never seen that. <gasps> With Sandra Bullock, it's so cute. I cry every time. I always like the quotes from it, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's really good. I love it. I have to see it. I think okay. it's on Netflix or Hulu. But. So I figured we'd go a little bit ghost story-ish, but this is also a little bit ghosty. It's a little bit true crimey. And it all happens in where all of the stories that I feel like I'm always telling start in cities where everyone feels like they're the safest people in the entire world. Nothing bad happens Ooh. there. Yeah. So this story takes place in Amityville, New York. Done, 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 done. Amityville Horror? Anybody? Anybody? Nope. You've never seen it? You have seen it? She, it's a movie? She's doing good not talking, but you, if, if I ask, you can answer. It's a movie? No. Okay, she doesn't want okay. to. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, there's been like a couple movies about it because there was a book about it, so they based the movies off of the book. And it's inspired on true events? I can't believe you've never heard of it. True events? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
So it's based on true events, but then it got like really disputed because it was a book and then people were saying they were trying to make money off the book. So basically, um, Amityville is like this cute little, like it, it, it's like a little Gilmore Girls town. Like, you don't like that? I don't like Gilmore Girls. Uh, well, I haven't even seen it. I just know what the town is. Um, but it's like dream Americana. It has all these colonial houses everywhere. There's a river running through it. Gorgeous. Great. Gorgeous. Terrible things have to happen there, obviously. Right. So the story that gets publicized about Amityville, like if anybody ever hears about Amityville, it's about this house. And it's because the um, Lutz family was driven from the home because of su- what they called supernatural powers. Rumors that the house was cursed were going around everywhere, so they end up going on talk shows. They get book deals. There's magazines, uh, this, like, huge thing. Yeah, so then everybody knows about it. But there actually is a whole story that comes back to potentially a haunting, potentially a murder, potentially some demonic possession kind of freaky things that we don't like to talk about because I'm terrified. But we won't get into, like, the very, very scary stuff, but... There's a lot of um, disputing, and I want to see what your reactions to all of this. Also, I wrote this so long ago, um, so hopefully all of this information makes sense. Um, the information is coming from my favorite murder podcast, number 90, and from the documentary The Real Amityville Horror Story. Nice. Okay, so um, this story begins in the early 70s. Begins. <laughs> yeah. In the early 70s with the DeFeo family. So they're an Italian family that move uh, from their apartment in Brooklyn to Amityville, New York, and they move into this beautiful colonial home on Ocean Avenue. We used to sit and talk with you. We were both 16 and it felt so right. I was hoping you'd be there. (laughs) Staying up all night. That's good. Is the house still there? Yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's like like a tourist attraction. Because people are, yeah, it's like the one. No one listens. Consider the, yeah, no. Okay. Uh, I don't remember honestly. The thing about like movies that were based on true events, like obviously the house where it actually took place. Yeah. Like people sometimes still live in some. Yeah, actually, I don't know. I I think I say at the end at one point, but I, as far as I know, I don't think it still is. Oh, it wants us to change to a new video. Oh. Wait, why? (laughs) It does that every eighteen minutes. Eighteen. Mm-hmm. You want me to stop this recording too? No. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, they're an Italian Catholic family, like I said. Um, there are rumors about their connection to organized crime because they're Italian. But you know what? I'm Italian, and I'm only a little bit in the mob, so it doesn't matter. Um, they have a successful car dealership business. They're making a lot of money. Don't look. Don't say you weren't. Because you I weren't. looked, but honestly, it just looked like. It could have been in another language. Oh, that, I forgot I you can't read. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it just looked like sorry. a bunch of things. I forgot. Like, yeah. Focus. Yeah. You know when you... It's uh, different if you're literate. People see words different. Do you want me to punch you in the mouth? You could. I had it becoming. I, I might. I think you could. Go ahead. No, just keep okay. going down this, this road. And um, But they had a successful car dealership business. They're making a lot of money, so they get this really nice house. Huh? <laughs> okay. Um, the DeFeo family has five kids. Ronald and Louise are the parents. So Mr. DeFeo, Ronald, is known for being a really brutal guy. He's physically abusive, mostly to the wife, but also to the kids. Um, he is just, like, explosive, has a temper. You know, he's like, I'm going to raise my kids my way. So the oldest son is Ronald Jr., who they call Butch. So he's going to be Butch throughout the rest of the story. So um, the son is Butch. Yeah, son is Butch. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, Butch is the oldest of all of the kids, and they everybody that was around the family a lot knew that he was the hardest on Butch. Like, the dad was pretty tough in general, but he was really hard on Butch, and Butch was, like, already a rebellious kid. So, apparently, Mr. and Mrs. DeFeo fought a lot, um, and there it was just, like, a very tumultuous household. Um, tumultuous. Yeah, yes. I'm very smart. Um, Mrs. DeFeo did have a good relationship with her kids, though, and she... You watching, like, the documentary special saying, like, it was a very tumultuous, and you're like... Yes, 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 I love that. I love that. Right. That's, That's a good for, one. Word for word. Sometimes there's weird words I get hooked on and I use them all the time and I don't know why. Tumultuous is one? Yeah. Huh. What's another one? Um, Pervasive. Weird. Okay. I think it's because I document a lot and I have to use words like that and then they just get stuck in my everyday vocab. Today I was dealing with a very tumultuous student. <laughs> no, it doesn't apply. It's okay. It's fine. I'm not, I'm not going to touch it. I'll let you have it. Um, so Mrs. DeFeo <laughs> and Mrs. DeFeo is close with Butch. <laughs> Um, Butch is also close to his brothers. The only siblings that like really don't get along are the sec is the second oldest, um, who is Dawn, the daughter. There is chaos happening around me. Do you know how hard it is to tell a story while you two are literally no one's doing anything? I'm not about to. I'm not about to be gaslighted in my own bed. First of all, oh, oh my god. Okay, um. So they end up trying to take Butch to a psychiatrist at one point because he is just like really angry, really, really rebellious. He's known as a bully. He's impulsive. He's angry. Um, and so basically what they decide to do as a family whenever they can't get him into a psychiatrist because he refuses to go is they just start buying him stuff to just like appease him, which Ooh. sounds like a great solution to the problem. So by 17... Butch is using LSD and heroin regularly. He gets expelled from school at 18 and he starts working at the family car dealership. So things are going well. Um, Butch apparently had tried to kill his father once in an argument with one of his dad's guns because they were like in a fight. And I guess he, he said that he went after his mom. So Butch came out, brought the gun out to like threaten his dad, but the gun luckily had malfunctioned and he wasn't able to shoot him. Oh my gosh. How do you go on mm -hmm. knowing that your kid was about to shoot you? And it just didn't work out. Yeah. And it wasn't but like, he had, they, like every yeah, intention. he was going yeah. to. Um, so obviously things aren't looking awesome in the DeFeo household in the 70s. So it all really comes to a head November 13th, 1974. Butch uh, comes home after a night out and he finds that his entire family is dead in their house. He is 23 years old at the time. Butch finds this? Mm -hmm. He is taken oh, into protective custody sure because Butch. immediately everybody thinks it's a mob hit because it's like a... It's and like a Butch. very rich family and they don't know anything about him necessarily. It's just like the initial thing is like rich family, whole family's dead. Dad's probably in the mob. Oh. Yeah. But as soon as people in the neighborhood hear about it, no one else is asking questions and the cops start to catch on. They're like, oh, everybody thinks it's Butch automatically. They're yeah. like, finally Butch snapped. So um, he, Butch DeFeo confesses later that day. And he's like, you know what? Fine. It was me. He tried to like come up with some bogus story of how he thought like it basically he just didn't cover his tracks wallet enough at all. So huh. he apparently woke up at 3.15 a.m., took a rifle to his parents' room. He shoots his father first and then his mother. He shoots each of them two times. Then he shoots his younger brothers in the next room who are 12 and 9. And then he goes to the other bedroom where he shoots his younger sister who's 13 in the face. I know. Oh Terrible. The 13-year-old in the face? Mm-hmm. And then he goes to his older sister Dawn's room and shoots her last. And she's 18 at that point. So everybody thinks very open and shut. Okay. He, this crazy kid, 
very antisocial, came and shot his whole family. Wah, 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 terrible story. Well, it turns out there's more to it than that, than just this awful thing. So, apparently, they were shot with a .35 Marlin rifle. I'm going to pretend like I know anything about guns. I do not. Um, but they decided to do a test run on that type of gun and, like, recreate the crime scene. Apparently, you can hear that gun more than five blocks away from the house whenever it shot just once. You can hear that same gunshot. Apparently, they asked the neighbors, and the neighbors say they didn't hear anything that night. Like, nothing was out of the ordinary, and that was a lot of gunshots. A lot. A lot of gunshots. Yeah. Um, especially because the parents were each out twice. Mm-hmm. And, then everybody else. and then everyone else, too. So, um, they also said that the neighbors had said that they heard a dog barking at 3 a.m. They woke up to a dog barking in the neighborhood. So, it's not, not like they weren't hearing anything. They're just deep sleepers. Like, they heard stuff. It just wasn't all of these gunshots that apparently were going off. Okay. Weird. Um, then... They also see there's no attempt to escape from anybody in the family. They were all laying on their stomachs. The bodies were never moved. They were shot right then and there. There was no drugs in their bloodstream. So. Yeah, because I was going to say, did they kill them beforehand, like poison them and then kill them, like shoot them after just because mm-hmm. you're yeah, crazy no. and psycho? Yeah, no. Nothing? Weird. No, there was nothing in their toxicology. They had not tried to get up, which if your husband's shot next to you, you're going to wake up. Right. Like you would And like if you're if you hear gunshots in your parents' room, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think mm-hmm. like the thirteen and the eighteen year old would be like And the last one he out. shot was Dawn, the eighteen year old who we had all these problems with. Was she just sitting awake? But like, like it wasn't like she was sitting awake waiting for someone to come in because she was scared. She was laying on her stomach. Like she was in a deep sleep. Yeah. All stomach sleepers. That's interesting. Uh, Are you a well, stomach sleeper? Uh huh. Yeah. It's not good for my back, but I do it. I think I sleep on my side. Anyway. Um, I can't sleep on my side. It like hurts my back. Okay. Anyways, I know you guys were very curious about that. Um, so, um, I also randomly realized that I changed Butch's name throughout this, um, document. Just occasionally he's Bruce. So in this, he's Bruce. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think. I don't know. Butch Bruce. Butch Bruce, whoever he is. Murderer. Um, he's put on the witness stand on his own trial and he starts ranting that the devil made him do it. So this is when things start to get like, oh shoot. How much of this could have potentially been accurate? How much of it is him being crazy? Um, He says now in his 1994 jail interview that all of it was a performance, but it does tell his competence in trial. So a professional opinion said that a plea of insanity might have been possible because he didn't seem like he was living in reality, that all of this was based Mm -hmm. off of like this crazy idea that the devil made him shoot his whole family. So because he starts talking about um, a female with black hands who came and told him to kill his whole family that night. Ew, I do not like that. Yeah, so the theory is he's on LSD and heroin. He could have been, this could have been a whole trip of, like, something's going on. So I think it could be drugs. They also think that the female with black hands could have been his sister. Because at one point there was, there, and I go into this at one point, it's just not in this part, but there were rumors that the reason that Don and Butch had, like, a really complicated relationship was because there was some sort of incest going on. And so they think that it was possible that Dawn had come to Butch and said, like, we need to get rid of our parents or we need to get rid of our family in general because I, whether she was on drugs too or whatever that looked like. And the re- another reason that they think this is that Dawn DeFeo's nightgown was the only one who was found to have gunpowder on it, showing that she likely shot one of the one of the guns at one point, oh. which would explain also why she was killed last if she was in on it or something. But it's possible that it was because she was shot at such close range, but it looks like it was as if she shot the gun. 
but they can't really, they don't know for sure. Yeah. She ended up being, oh, this is terrible, um, that she was shot so violently that her head was almost completely blown off. So, like, they, were they in on this together and then he changed his horrible. mind? Like, did he trick her into, like, being in on this thing to help her kill the family? But then there was only one gun that matched. It wasn't like they were both doing it at the same time. Ew, I don't like that. So. Yes. Um, so a criminologist named Herman Rays is hired by the defense. Um, and he told the judge that some of the bodies had been moved and multiple weapons could have been used. So there's a lot of discrepancy about what actually happened at the crime scene in general. So after all of this has gone down, um, obviously the house, even though it's like on this like canal, it's really pretty. It's a gorgeous house for like a big family. It would be very expensive, but it's lower down in price because, um, (laughs) obvious reasons. The entire Yes, that'll I do I would it. never live in a house where someone was murdered. Mm-mm. I would just, yeah. It, I, I don't know. It'd have to be very, very crazy circumstances. You would? I don't know. It's yeah, Emerson. Emerson's fine. She's a little morbid, though. Um, George and Kathleen Lutz decide to capitalize on the lowered price of the home because they have two young children, and then it all well, looks well. the worst type of... Like, I feel like if it's two adults that just are like, oh, this is kind of creepy, but whatever. But, like, to bring your little kids into that, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just a bad parenting. Well, they end up regretting it for the rest of their lives. So, they are aware of the history and decided as a family everything would be fine. Within this part, I'm going to try to laugh. Within the first hour of moving into the house, their black lab, Harry, ironically, uh, starts choking when he goes to jump over the fence in the yard and his chain is too short. But the way that they describe it in the documentary, without any context at first, I was so confused. The dad is getting interviewed and he's like, within the first hour, our black lab, Harry, tried to hang himself. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what? And then I and then I realized what, how, what he was referencing. They explain it after. But like, why would you explain it like that? But yeah, apparently the dog wanted to jump over the fence and like apparently he never did that. Kind of thing before. Uh, No, he he tried. It was unsuccessful, apparently. Um, So after that, they start to just feel a little bit freaky in the house just because of everything that happened there. So they have a good friend come, um, or no, a good friend comes and suggests that a priest should come to bless the home. And so the priest told them whenever he came there, don't use the one bedroom upstairs as a bedroom. He was like, use it as an office, use it as a spare room, a playroom, something. Just don't use it as a bedroom. Like, no one should be sleeping in that room. I might have someone with anointing oil. No, well, I think that's what he did. But um, so they, around this time, they the family starts waking up at three fifteen a.m. every night on the dot, feeling nope. restless, uneasy, nope. and sick. Feeling. Nope. Do you remember what time? But said he woke up and went and killed his whole family. Uh-huh. That actually makes me want to tear up. Um, George starts to feel weird. He has these personality changes. He's easily irritated and angry. He has these outbursts that he never had before. Um, Kathleen had made that um, the sewing room upstairs, the room that wasn't supposed to be anything. And she said every time she's in the sewing room, she keeps hearing voices and keeps thinking that oh. people are saying stuff to her. And she is like feels oh. like she's losing her mind. They also find that there are swarms of houseflies in midwinter that are very like seasonally. They're not supposed to be around. Um, so they have their young daughter, Missy has an imaginary friend who, um, she says, um, represented itself as a large pig named Jody. (laughs) Jody. She. (laughs) Just hang it with Jody. That's the way you're saying it. Okay. Jody. Jody. Yeah. Jody, she wears a. Sounds like old gray. She. Oh my God. I used to love that video. (laughs) Um, which, why was it so funny? I don't know. I don't know why either. Um, so Jody 
lived in the house and was so glad that Missy was going to live there forever. And so that's what Missy talked about all the time. And the family was like, okay, is this just you being weird or is this you being little or you are you a, possessed? Did you have an imaginary friend growing up? Oh, did I ever? You did? I, well, not an imaginary friend. I had the whole crew of Barney. They followed me around. Um, I was like in the crew of all the kids, like Barney and friends. I was a friend. <laughs> but what I do remember about it is that Barney was like the omnipotent. Like I never saw him. He was just sort of like there. He, he was a presence, really. Barney's more of a feeling than a, than a dinosaur. <laughs> than so, a dinosaur with drugs in his tail. <laughs> um, but I was I was dating Michael. I was really into blondes as a kid. I was dating Michael and then Creasy. I renamed the other girl. I didn't like her name. So I named her Creasy. And so I would walk around with them. Sometimes Tina was there, but I didn't like to hang out with Tina all the time. Oh. Yeah. So how, what were your imaginary friends like? Mine were, they were two cool cats. They were. <laughs> they were two physical cats. No, they were tigers. Oh, wait, you can tell a, me that. It was a mom tiger and a baby tiger. Right. Was Kiki was the mom mm-hmm. and Mimi was the baby. That's that's good. Oh, we chill. <laughs> they, they couldn't talk? speak English. No, they couldn't speak English. What do they speak? Spanish. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. The Japanese. So French. The way that we just spoke through our body language. <laughs> <laughs> that body. That <laughs> little seven-year-old Maddie is doing like body rolls. <laughs> That's literally exactly what I'm imagining. Is the hands behind the head and you doing like the hip. You got to. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we may need to pause this a little bit. Oh, amazing. Okay. So, back to Jody, <laughs> the imaginary. But stop. Um, so, Apparently, in the middle of the night, the kids start waking up screaming. The temperatures in the house are always weird, and no. they vary depending on where you're at. No. The china turns black in the china cabinet, and there's footprints on the carpets in the middle of the night. They wake up, and there's footprints like someone was just walking around. No. Yup. Everything is going downhill, and it's going downhill quickly. Fast. Jesus. Um, so... The night of, or the early morning of January 14th, 1976, the Lutz family has to flee the house in the early morning, and they just never come back, and they just sell the house, because nice. they said that it got so freaky, yep. and they yep. were like, you know, we're done. That's exactly what I would do. Yeah. After one thing happened. Yep. Like, I, I wake up at 3.15 two times mm-hmm. in a row, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, no. It's already over. It's just absolutely not. Um. I had a, there was like a phase at, that I had in college where I was having these very terrifying demonic dreams, and I literally made Ruthie sleep in my bed for like five days straight because I I was terrified to fall asleep. Every time I would fall asleep, I would wake up with like my hand on her arm because I was so scared. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, that wasn't great. Um. Okay. So, but here's there's some discrepancies here. Okay. So George, the dad of the house, wants to have the house investigated by a parapsychologist. Um, who he then then finds out is also considered a vampirologist. He what? studies uh, vampires. So he was like, um, hold up. What are you? So, like, he tried to get the parapsychologist and realized that, like, something's going on. So he apparently the paranormal investigators don't charge anything, but they are considered a public service organization. And they're going to report their findings to the public regardless of what they are. George doesn't want publicity and was mad that um, the people had gone to the public 
that he, that he wanted the house investigated. Yeah. And they were like, well, no, he always said that we were going to do that. And he said that he didn't want any kind of notoriety. He didn't want publicity at all about what went on with yeah. this house because okay. it was like traumatizing. But later that day, he and Kathleen go to do a press conference about what happened at the house. So they were like, which do you want? Like, do you just not want us to give what we find in the house in case it's not matching up with your story? Like, right. what do you want here? So um, William Weber is the defense attorney for Butch DeFeo, who is in jail at this point. Um, he puts on the press conference for the Lutz family to talk about their experiences in this cursed house. So obviously this works out for him because Butch's appeal is coming up. And so he's trying to get him out and it helps if they have this haunted house. Right. Um, George and Kathleen say that they think that what affected their family could have affected Butch because it was already starting to affect them after only being there for a little bit. Um, William Weber is telling them that they can cut deals for books and for movies. He says the contract to them, George and Kathleen end up breaking off all contact with Weber after that because they don't want any of that money going to Butch because he thinks that's how basically that's what's going to happen. So hmm. then March 6, 1976, psychic investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren are hired from Connecticut. They are like the, like the psychic investigators of the apparently the supernatural everything which i i honestly don't know anything about any of that but apparently they are known um whenever lorraine came up on the house she said it was horribly foreboding the house was infested by something other than human spirits that was more than obvious um so they end up doing this whole investigation no, 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 on march 6th no, no. with um all of these people are invited which honestly i don't know where i have this whatever okay so there's camera people there. Some people are reporters. Some people are paranormal investigators, mediums. All these people are there to investigate, do like a formal investigation on what happened in the house. Mm -hmm. um, people said that they were feeling weird and people were behaving weird, like shiftier in general. But no one had anything definitive of like what that really meant. Yeah. Uh, and that could be psycho, uh, placebo, psychosomatic. I don't know which one oh. fits better in that scenario. Anyways, um, the cameraman, his name is Steve. Um, he gets to the second floor landing. He bends over and he starts to have these stabbing chest pains. Um, and so he was like, okay, I'm going to go back downstairs. And he went back downstairs and the chest pains were gone. But he like could not physically go upstairs. And they have all around the house, they set up cameras like throughout the entire house that would sporadically just like send pictures or take pictures like on a timer. Yeah. Remember that. Um, a teenager has done something horrendous that has changed his life entirely is something that a psychic says while she's there. Now, granted... She Everyone knew that. about this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was, uh, it, she said that whenever she was outside, she said there was a window above me and I saw the face of a long girl. That, does that, is that right? A, a long girl? <laughs> Why was she long? <laughs> Look down at me. Um, they heard crying. They felt evil and the murdered spirits of the dead to fail. is what they said. Um, and then the woman, as she left, said, that, I hope that this is as close to hell as I ever get. Ugh, icky, icky. Mm -hmm. um, so at one point the one of these ladies pulls out holy water and she yells get behind me Satan and she throws um, like as they're going in they're blessing the rooms and she grabs it and she like throws it on the floor because she gets a really sick feeling and they all heard a sizzle in the room Ew. yeah gross um, there was a reporter there who said that she didn't feel anything besides the fact that other people were having a reaction she was like I didn't have a reaction I was just watching them and she's like, what, whatever she said, she just said in the interview, like, whatever it is that we came here for is definitive proof. We don't have it. Like, there's nothing that was like, yeah, set in stone, except for one thing, which what? is basically the entire reason why I picked this story. 
And I literally didn't put the picture on here. I wanted to look it up because I don't like to look at it for too long. And Wait, I'm going to show it to you. Is it one of the pictures that, like, the cameras that were set up? Yes. So, oh. one of the cameras took a picture. And I'm we're going to put it on our Instagram so that you can see it. Um, but if you type it in, it'll come up. One of the staircase Ew. photos Ew. took a picture right Ew. here. That's real. That's real? Um, well... They look at this picture later on. All the other pictures look pretty normal for the most part, oh. except for this picture. Emerson, I will show it to you too. Why aren't you zooming? Um, it uh uh-uh. is was sporadically taken when no. no one was there. No. And it is a picture of the staircase. You oh can see my the staircase. God, I hate it. And it's very you can very clearly see, not like in a like it's a kid. It is a actual it's do you want to see it? Small child with it like is a small child glowing eyes. And he's seeing, like, there's no way. There were no kids in the house that night. And there was no windows open. They had cameras in the room that showed that, like, there was no way anybody had ever been in the room. Or, like, went in went and, and out, came like, out. like a sick joke. Right. Nothing. There was no one there. That picture, just it just took that one individual picture. They think that it could be Ew. the ghost of John DeFeo, the nine-year-old brother. Because it looks now, like him? Mm-hmm, that's a little picture Ew, next to it, which I'll it. post. But I hate it. Um, as they look at this picture, um, Missy, they show it to Missy and apparently Missy recognizes him as the boy that she used to play with, with Jody as one of her imaginary friends. No. Um, and in all caps, this just says that one was too much for me. Okay. I am sweating. I have goosebumps. That's what this all says. Oh, you know what? I do have it in here. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize I had so much more in here. Jesus. Okay. So, um, Basically, there's there's all this other stuff that, that goes on. Apparently, um, oh, this was a weird part. So January 1977, they have um, this famous ghost hunter, parapsychologist guy who comes in who has written all these books. He has all this experience in this stuff. And he brings Ethel Myers, who's a medium. And so she's the kind that conjures up these spirits and can speak on behalf of them, which is terrifying to me. No. Yeah, no, don't no, ever, ever. If I even had that ability... Heck no. Don't ever let anything come to my body. She said, there's an Indian around here. And then after she said that, she grows an Adam's apple. Her voice drops several octaves and tells them that the reason that this ground is cursed is because it's Native American burial ground and that it's cursed. And that's why everyone that's there gets possessed. Christopher Columbus messed up. Christopher. Columbus. <laughs> we canceled you, bro. Have you? You're no, over. No one celebrated you this year. No one cares. Indigenous People's Day. Tell them. Go ahead. And it's not Indians. It's Native American. Cuss them out. Columbus. Ethel. Columbus should be a swear word. I'll say it again. Anyways, I don't want to hear that out of your mouth again. <laughs> okay, so. Um. Then around the same, like, after all of the book, the book is published about Amityville Horror, about the whole story. There's Satanic Panic is going on. And there's a movie and what? Satanic Panic. It's a thing. That's what it's called. I didn't make that. Oh, okay. Um, George and Kathleen talk about their days at the house, but now everybody is suspecting that it's a hoax. Uh, But they had. Satanic Panic. They had Satanic Panic. Oh, they found 116 obvious physical errors in the book. 
of what their account was versus what they had said in previous accounts. So everything, their whole story could be totally bogus. So where is, um, where's this guy today? The, the original guy, Butch. In prison. He's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, also, so Missy, uh, drew, uh, what? <laughs> What the? What was I writing? She drew Missy Jody. drew Jody, the pig, and she said that she would see the pig on the windowsill with red eyes. The neighbor said that Ronald DeFeo, the dad, had called their Persian cat the pig, and it was a neighborhood pet that sometimes crawled up on the windowsills. But they were using that as like an example of how to disprove that, like clearly they must have known that or something like that. But how did she know that Ronald DeFeo called him that? Right, the little girl. Yeah, why would she know that? I doubt that they asked, like, hey, did did they ever call uh, their cat the pig? Like, and then, oh, oh, my gosh. So hey, you had an imaginary friend that was a pig. Like, no, you, that probably guaranteed that didn't happen. Yeah. They also found some other things. Like, there was a weird creaky floorboard that apparently could make the window shoot up if you stepped on it. And they did, like, a weird physics analysis thing of, like, oh. the way that the house was built wrong. There was, like, weird stuff. Um, even the writer of the book, Jay Anson, said that it was a work of fiction. He said his basic thing was like, hey, it made me money. That's why I, I wrote it. I never said it was Loser. true. Um, but George Lutz said that the book is a true story. He didn't care if the ghostwriter didn't believe anything. But the movie's obviously dramatized. And they are actually suing MGM over the recent Amityville Horror remake because they say that it like discredits their whole story and it's not accurate. Um, but the mediums and the parapsychologists that were all there think that the evil in the house affects everyone that lives there. That's the story of the Amityville horror, which is horrifying in every, every way possible. Every way. So, um, Maddie, thoughts, feelings, opinions. Um, I don't like paranormal stuff. Mm -hmm. Still don't. But it is interesting that it's never really been solved and that there could potentially be an actual like paranormal or like demonic thing that went on. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think that that's not that things like that don't happen. No, I think they do. Right. But they're kind of inexplainable. I just want to know why that kid's there. The little kid in the picture is freaky. I like don't usually get, I mean, I'll get scared, but I usually don't get like full body chills. I, I just don't like that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Anyways, that's it. Don't like it. Nope. Um. Okay. Is that it? Is that all we have? Bye. Oh, okay, that's all we have. See you later, folks. Make sure you vote. Mm-hmm. Bye. Average and only.